Welcome back to The Right Angle. It is, I was going to say it's 1923, but I, I think it's 2023. <laughs> I don't know why. We, <laughs> we wish it was 1923. Oh, but, uh, wow. Well, it's funny. Uh, 1923 is the last time that it took them more than, what, two or three votes to elect a speaker? And yes. now they're, they've done 10. What, what is your uh, prognostication, G-Man? I'm thinking that <laughs> they, they've done 11, by the way. Okay. And uh, I think I would, I would hope that maybe like maybe after 12 that McCarthy would say, okay, let's, let's, you, you know, I, I would say if I was McCarthy, I would say people aren't wanting me on my side to be the speaker. So, all right, let's, let's go with somebody else then. Um, you know, 11 times. Are you kidding me? If, if it took 11 times to get me to become the speaker, I would be a little self-conscious about the fact that I actually finally got voted in by whatever means it was that got there. I would say after about three tries, I'd say, okay, I'm not the one you want. So go find whoever you want to do it because, um, there aren't enough people here that, feel confident in what I've been doing and what I've been saying. Yep. Yeah. It's, Which is exactly what they've been doing. They say yeah. they don't want them for this reason. So it's interesting that, uh, of course you hear from the 19 or 20 that are voting against him, but there's no more peeling off. It's not like he's gone from 200 votes to 190 to 180 to 170. So you don't know how hard and fast those others are. Or if he said, well, Jim Jordan, I know you have endorsed me and blah, 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 but why don't you give it a go and you have my backing? I don't know if that would pacify those other 20 because obviously the people they're voting for have just got their votes and no one else's. But you don't know if that's a courtesy among the other congressmen or and women or if they are hard and fast behind McCart- McCartney. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I it's uh, very weird. Well, I I in a way it isn't, in a way it isn't. I guess what he did was he he nixed a bunch of things they wanted to get through the Republicans. Yeah. Uh, before before they started the voting, and they said, "Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna if it's business as usual, we're not voting for you." Right. They're they've been interviewing some of these that have come out, and they're just absolutely they absolutely will not vote for him. And again, like I say, if I'm McCarthy uh, and there's 20, 25, 30 people on my side that are staunchly against me, I guess I'm saying I I wouldn't take the job. Right. I would say, let's go in a different direction. Simply that. And I don't think there's that big of a deal that it's taken this long to find somebody. A couple of people said, hey, we want to get this right. Yeah, want to get yeah. it right the first time because you know th- there it is for four years. Yeah, all of this stuff. So I, I agree with them. I hope after maybe twelve <laughs> that that he just says that's enough. I've wasted enough time. Yeah, let's move on so we can get this stuff started and put people in jail. It's, uh, and it's interesting to see and listen to the conservative commentators, other ones besides us that some would argue have even a bigger audience. I'm not convinced of that, but to see where they line up on this, how much they think that he should 
be elected and that people should fall in line or somewhere in the middle or no, just like you're saying, after eight, nine, 10, 12 times, give it up and, and just see what happens. I don't know if he drops out, uh, if a bunch of more names will come up or if they'll try to, you know, recruit someone basically. Very interesting. But uh, Babylon B had a headline, something to the effect that since this is going on, the congressional approval rating has never been higher since Congress isn't getting anything <laughs> done. <laughs> and again, they're talking about shutting the government down. Yeah. And and I, I they, they did it before. Um, and and I love that. You know, shut them down. Shut them down for a month. Don't let them do anything. And maybe we can uh, get some of our money back from what they've been spending, or they won't spend any more of our money when can they're you, not doing what they're doing. Yeah, can, man, can you imagine if, I know CNN wouldn't do it, but imagine if Fox, on the day that the government shuts down, starts putting up a tally like CNN did during the the Coroma hoax about how many people died if they put down how much money is being saved and not spent and you i mean you would literally see it it would be millions of dollars a day and people would say wow an hour yeah exactly that would be that would be super i'd like to see that yeah i'd like to see you know maybe for two or three days yep and it, because there's nothing more telling than looking at a money clock like that oh yeah and going oh my god that's that's money that is my money that they're spending, you know, at this rate on top of what the I mean, hasn't he tripled the um, deficit in the two years he's been in there? I don't know what the figure is, but, you know, it's going the wrong way by a big piece. When you start throwing around the word trillion a lot, people, it's, people start getting numb in the brain about a trillion. A trillion is like a billion, you know, where a billion used to be like a million. And uh, and, and a trillion dollars is is more than I think they spent on World War II. Yeah, I'm sure that, that would be very interesting to look, whether ingested for inflation or not. But yeah, that's, you really can't even, I mean, you can conceive of a trillion, but not really. I mean, you think of a super, super, super wealthy person who's worth a hundred billion. That's one tenth of a trillion. Yeah, exactly. At one time, and I, I'm going to look it up. They, they uh, took dollar bills or $10 bills to fill up a football stadium. And they, they said it took this much to fill up a stadium. I don't know if it, I don't think it was even a trillion dollars. I think it was like a hundred billion dollars. So just think of it that way filling a football stadium full of money and timesing that by 60. It's unbelievable. Let's uh, kick a right off. Not that we just didn't, but uh, with some edu <laughs> education, education updates. Yeah. I, I finally got tired of waiting from this uh, parent that had their kid uh, come home with this uh, survey from our alma mater Yep, that uh, was requesting them to, I guess, put in their hat for whether they would like to have the time for school to start later so that the kids could actually get more sleep. Right, which we touched on, yep. Right, so I went to it and I found 
uh, our alma mater's strategic planning. And there were three questions that were asked, and they asked 45 students in the school. Let's see, 45 students out of probably, what, 1,500-ish? Well, that's high school. It's 4,300 kids in the school oh system. Oh, my gosh. And I think, I think there were some uh, middle school kids involved in this, too. Okay. So Pretty it low. wasn't just high school. Okay. I'm sure. Okay. Maybe maybe it was. Maybe it was. And they, but they, even if it was, it's only forty five students. Yeah. And they asked the kids. Did they ask parents, teachers too? Do you know? Uh, it just says uh, these are student forums. So okay. I guess I guess it was forty five students that were that were asked these questions. Now my first question is, why are you asking students? about anything about strategic planning with the school. They they don't know anything. They're stupid. They're, they, even the valedictorian doesn't know anything about how a school system is run. So why are you asking them this? It's, it's a real irritant to me yep. uh, that this school system will have parents and kids on the panels to hire teachers. And, and I go... There's no way kids should have any vote or any say at all for a teacher that is hired into a school system. None, period. I don't care what you say. Okay, here's the first question. What is outstanding about our alma mater's education? And there's six or seven of them. I highlighted two of them. One is, the first one is positive relationships an involvement of students, teachers, administration, and staff. Okay? That's everybody. Positive relationships. And are these, just so our audience and myself knows, are these multiple choice questions? Or no, no. Or are these the no, no. six that came up with the most? Yeah, these are. Okay. this is what they came up with. All right. Okay? So What's outstanding about it? Okay, that's it's, a big it's nothing the... burger right there. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. And, and, it, and here's why. Here's why. Because I'll jump up to uh, the, the bottom of the number two answers. Well, let, let's go through these first. All right. And then I'll, I'll, I'll read. The, the other one I, I uh, put in there was, and this is exactly why I say students have no, no reason to be asked these questions. There's, there's none. What's outstanding about uh, our alma mater education? Diversity. Inclusion, value, and support. Diversity and inclusion has 100% nothing to do with education. Zero to do with education. When you're in a school system, it's reading, writing, arithmetic, and some other form of you know, uh, music or, yep. or athletics or whatever it is. It has, there, Rush Limbaugh said years ago, and I think I've said this on the podcast, diversity has nothing to do with anything. It's individualism. It's the individual that has to do with what that person can and can't do within the education system that they're given in that particular area. Diversity is nothing, zero. Yeah, if diversity happens to happen along the way, then 
that's fine. Obviously, no one is necessarily against it, but to put it as sort of a core, I don't know, value or importance or what's great about something, it speaks absolutely nothing about anything. No, not at all. Uh, and as a matter of fact, they say that, and then they went ahead and took away the mascot, which was a diverse person, right? and oh, said you right. can't have anything to do with that type of a person. I guess I can let people know what type it was. It was an Indian. They, you can't have anything to do with Indians that has to do with the school system. You know, there's Indian people, you know, mascots all through the United States. So yeah. nobody will know who it is. But there it is right there. You know, that's, that's hypocrisy at its finest. By saying we, we have to have inclusion and diversity, yep. but by God, if I see one more <laughs> Indian thing around here, oh. you know, I'm going to burn it. I'm going to burn it. Okay. All right. Number two, what must our alma mater address to improve or better the experience you have so, in the city? So first, let's answer it as a sane person would have 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, you would obviously say more rigorous standards, better teachers teaching, you know, more AP classes, probably something like that, more vocational training. So that's what I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> don't, don't set me up for disappointment. <laughs> Then you shouldn't have gone first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, to improve the experience of this, uh, mental health education. Prioritize and set policies. Address stress and pressure. Define these roles of counselors. That was number one. Mental health. I'm sorry. If you have some problems... You got to deal with them just like we did, and and then you move on from there. That's not anything that, as an overall thing, will improve the experience of our alma mater. Nothing. Again. How many, back in the day, do you remember about how many counselors we had at a school of, when the enrollment was maybe 250 per class? Did we have, I don't know that I ever went to a counselor for... I mean, back then it was more like, hey, do you want to go to college? Here's a class you're going to take. But now it feels like more and more of them are basically psychologists or secondary parents or something like that. Do you remember any history of going to a counselor? Never, never. I, as a matter of fact, now that I'm thinking about it, when you say that, I don't think I know who my counselor was till my senior year. Was it just one counselor for a whole class or, I mean, because there, there weren't more than a handful, right, in the whole school. Right, right. I don't know if there, I'm not so sure if there were maybe four or five. Yeah. At the most that I remember. I, it, it, maybe four, actually, that were in there. And no, I don't remember anybody ever. But, but you know, I you know this is a whole school, and it's it's just me saying this. I yep. understand that. Yeah. But I knew I knew almost all of my classmates, and I knew almost all, all half of the people behind me 
Never did I hear of any of them going to a counselor for mental health. Yeah. Ever. It was always for, like you say, you know, um, am I taking the right courses to go on to Harvard like I did? Right. Right. I didn't go to Harvard. I just said that I wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, of course, I was I was refused. So, um, but, yeah. Um, okay. So, um, the, the second one, which was second down on this list of what would improve or better your experience at this school system, they say school culture, which is defined less by testing to test-centered, two as in too much test-centered, and homework demands. I'm going, what? This, this is why you don't have students, you know, coming up with this strategic planning crap. Because they're idiots. I literally didn't even understand that, I don't think. The, the, it's, it's saying, how can you improve your experience here, okay? And they say, it's school culture hyphen, defined less by testing, okay? Don't define it by testing. All right. It's too test-centered. You know, there's, you know, you, you're defined by your test, and that's too much like that. And homework demands. You know, homework demands is like, uh, you know, that's part of the school culture, and, and we don't like that. It's, it's like, what school? What is school? Is this is this a daycare center for all you little pansy wastes? Is that what this is? You know where you can go to your counselor and say, "Look, I, you know, it's it, it, everything is centered around homework." And <laughs> I was just looking up uh, our alma mater's website. I typed in how many counselors, and surprisingly, there's only four counselors at the high school they've got one of them's got a BA in psychology MA and counseling the other one has a BS in sociology that's MA a good one BS go ahead the other one has a BS in psychology MA and counseling and BS in psychology slash business and an MA in counseling well the BS is proper yeah hey, I'll accept that right. as far as that goes uh, so uh, a strange lack of academics so far. Which is why, well, I'll go over that later. But um, the uh, then they have discipline policy hyphenated, inconsistent application. Now, what does that mean? That means is that you're disciplining certain people too much. Yep. And what does that mean? Does that mean that you're looking to go discipline those people? Or does that mean that those particular people need more discipline? And I think it's the second. Yeah. And so they're saying that's something they need to, quote, rectify. Right. To, yes. To improve, you know, get rid of the inconsistent application yep. of discipline. So a mirror of society where a disproportionate amount of people of color, shall we say, get jailed or whatever. Right, exactly. So because of that, let's not jail any people for a while or just let them out because yep. there's too many of them in there or whatever. You do the crime, you do the time. And I'm talking about even in schools where, you know, you 
screw up and you do something horrible, you get expelled or or you get a three day suspension. Yeah. And then after two of those, you get expelled. You're you're done. You've had your warning. You've had your stupid warning. Okay. You're stupid. Don't do it again. Okay. Oh, you did it again. One more time and you're gone. Ah, oh, look what happened. You did it again. Bye. You're gone. Your history. You're part of our history. We're going to talk about you in history. Okay. Okay. All right. Hold on. Quick flashback. All right. Sure. Who? What? What TV show was that from? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Uh, I don't know. Beretta. Beretta. Oh my gosh. Beretta with um. Uh, yeah, with a parrot on his shoulder. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And what was his name? He's dead now, but yeah, he was an Italian uh, guy, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. All that. right. Yep. You do learn things on this podcast. There we go. All right. Now th- this one, re- remember everybody out there, what we're doing here is we're going over the strategic planning and this is a student forum and 45 students were asked this one question, and these are the kind of the things they say that need to be done, these 45 students, okay? Again, what must our alma mater address to improve or better your experience at our alma mater? Here's the next one. College hyphenate, SAT, test preparation, Early college, too focused on college. I I, I mm. highlighted that because I had no clue what that meant. It sounds like on one hand, people are saying more college prep, especially for tests that get you into college. And then other people are saying there's too much emphasis on that. Is that what yeah. you're getting out of it? That, that, that's what I'm thinking. That, that's why it's so confusing to me. It's like you've got these 45 students around here and you have some moron at the front of the table, some absolute jerk bait that's sitting here talking to all these kids about this, and they're writing this down as they're saying these things to this jer- idiot that's writing this stuff down. I don't get it. Do we know if these 45 people were actually in the same place at the same time, or did they independently fill this out and then someone called through them and pulled out the most popular answers? Is there any sort of methodology there is none it just says the outcome of the student forums that engaged a total of 45 students is as follows okay and that's so I, what these are i guess forum implies that they did get together you some, would think you would think and of course the danger in that is like a like you said some numb nuts is running the thing and then b you get two or three alpha males or alpha females that are sort of leading it and you get a lot of me too uh going along with the pack as opposed to you know send it to their house they think about it on their own and then they send it in it, that would have been more legitimate yeah exactly and and you're probably exactly right that's probably what it was and talk about um exclusion you're taking 45 kids and and coming up with questions for 1,300 kids. Right. And that's, how did, that's yeah, not how you do it. How did they pick them? Was it out yeah. of that? Yeah. How did it, they pick them? Yeah. The best and the brightest, you know? You would uh, assume. You can't have somebody up there that, that is getting F's and saying, hey, 
you know, no more school. How about that? Morons. Here's the last one. All right. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. There's a couple on the other page. This is, again, improving your experience at our alma mater. How can it be improved? It says sports, boys, powder puff, volleyball. (laughs) Of all the things. Boys, powder puff, volleyball. Now, you know, you know, like you just said a minute ago, there's one person, one alpha queer that's in this group of people like that that says, hey, we need to have some powder puff boys volleyball. Yes, yes, we'll put that down as one of these things and put it on our website. Good for you, Well, Sharon. I didn't mean to call you Steve. You're Sharon now. And the thing is, for, for people, which I'm sure most people understand the powder puff concept, where back in the day, girls would play powder puff football, a, a sport that they do not play at all. At least back then, they still don't really but i mean what would be funny and that was the point of that i mean it was it was mostly funny but if they're going to have a powder puff why not make it synchronized swimming (laughs) because i mean boys play volleyball so what's the point of that well you know what the point of it is (laughs) yeah they all have rainbow jerseys (laughs) (laughs) that is there's uh, so much stuff to be learned and gained from sports, and what a lame, unbelievable. I, I would have never guessed that. If you would have given me a list of 10 things that they would have recommended, I don't even, and I would have assumed that was a total joke. Yeah, which I you guess have thought I threw that in there. Hey, yeah. that's, that's a good joke. Oh. What I'd like to do is, after having read this and looked through it, I would I would love to go to this person who put their name at the top of the thing here. I'd like to go, I'd like to sit down with them and I say, what in the, are you thinking when you do this kind of stuff? Okay. Here's another one. Student representation on the board of education. Now that's taking stupid in our area and making it times too dumb because our board of education is a joke. And then when you add kids to that, I, I guess it I guess it makes sense. Maybe the kids would make more sense than the board would because they're such flaming idiots on so the board. The, I assume they're proposing something like the student body elects one student per year or per whatever to actually be on the school board. Maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah, something yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm sure it's not um you know, five or six of them, you're probably right. Maybe one, two, you know, they get to sit way on the far end, you know, and, hey, can I say something back here? You know, say, no, shut up. We'll screw everything up for you. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I know your ideas are insane, but ours are worse. So we're all good. Okay. Now the last two are kind of on this one particular. There's one more question after this, but this is – the. I read these things and I don't, maybe I'm thinking differently than other people would be, but the last two are address teacher shortage and address teacher retention. And then back up at the top on number one, it was positive relationships 
and involvement of teachers, administration, and staff. And here they are saying, hey, we got, we got to address the shortage of teachers, uh, and we got to try to retain the teachers that are leaving in droves. Again, back in the day, if you just had to take a total guess, what would you say the turnover was of teachers compared to now? When I was in high school, and, you know, when, when I was in high school, most of the teachers that taught me all the way through had been there about five years on average, about five years. So I don't, I, I might re, be able to recall two, maybe, teachers that left in my four-year period. Because everybody, else, everybody yeah. else stayed. It was a huge deal when you heard there was a new teacher in school. Yes, exactly. I mean, maybe, exactly. yeah, I don't know, one or two per year out of, I don't know how many teachers there were, 70, 80. But yeah, I, yeah. I imagine now, and I don't know if it's, it would be the same as it is in business and industry where people are just taking more jobs, more frequently changing jobs, or if there's something more to it. But, yeah, I would say that the turnover is probably way higher today. It is way higher. It's so high that they've had, I believe, I think I told you they had seven, and it's up to nine now. Oh, that's right. Principals. Oh, my gosh. In the schools. Nine principals. None of the principals in any of the schools left. And I think the eight years between or seven years between my sixth grade and 12th grade, uh, you know, yeah. education, seven years. And um, nobody left. Nobody left in the, as a principal that right. was there. And, wow. and I, don't, I, I don't necessarily buy that people are, you know, going off and getting other jobs. I, I've heard the salary that they start you out at at our alma mater. Yeah. And... <laughs> For nine months or eight months out of the year, um, you're making good money. So it's up to nine. That that is remarkable. And didn't I believe you said before we started recording that under the current principal or superintendent's tenure, the ranking has dropped quite a bit. That person has since retired. Okay. But in in the tenure that person was there for the ten years that that person was there, they dropped. 250 points on the scale that they rate them on whatever that is wow because i looked that up so yeah yeah it is i got i just have one more real quick one all right this is number three this is the third one what two challenges must our alma mater address in the next four years number one stress and mental health, well-being of students. Exactly. It, it leaves you speechless. It leaves you speechless. That should not be anywhere near the top. It shouldn't be anywhere on the list for that stuff. I'm sorry. There are people that have mental problems. I'm sorry about that. But that doesn't have anything to do with probably the 1,340 other students that go to that school. Go get some help and then come back. That's what you do. And if you, you don't think, list it as number one. Yeah. Because 
if you think about it, if everything else was good in the school and they took care of the problems that they should, that would never be on the list. Bingo. But Bingo. With that but that being number one on the list, it almost precludes anything else from getting fixed because if you concentrate on that, what gets lost in the wayside? Exactly. It's too much focus on too little of a problem. And what I mean by that is the amount of students that you have to be concerned about their well-being while they're going through school. Okay. How about some parenting out there? Okay, everybody? Do a little parenting. That helps. Okay? All right. Freaking morons. All right. <laughs> Acceptance of diversity and inclusion. And again, I go back to the fact that they completely erased the indigenous people from the school system. So is that acceptance of diversity? No, absolutely not. It's hypocritically the diametric opposite of that. I'll go over these last few real quick, unless you oh have something gosh. you want to. No, yeah, no, no. This is uh, this one. This one I, I I threw up in my throat a little bit. Student freedom, student freedom, more student voice, and student voice on the board of education. Students have no right to be on the board of education, and the freedom of the student has nothing to do with your voice. What do you want to do with a voice as a student for a public school system? What do you want to do with it? Why don't you shut up with it and just do your, your studies and get through school and don't bug people? How about that? Okay. Yeah, how, how does a student know? I mean, by the very nature of the word student, how does the student know what he or she should be taught? Yeah. Based on what? Based exactly. on all their experience? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Of which they have none. They're learning as they go. I don't want to I don't want to listen to you when you're just learning. I've already know, I already know all that stuff. And you don't need to tell me what you already know. I've known it for years. The this one there's three left here real quick. Discipline consistent throughout the district. And that has to do with what I said earlier yep. about, you know, the, the discipline and, and being equal or not as harsh on certain people, you do wrong, you, you pay the price. Yeah, and there, there's a difference, to be clear. There's a difference between treating everyone the same, you know, the rich kids, the poor kids, the black kids, the white kids, which is a good thing, but saying that because you are disadvantaged or because this or because of that, we're not going to punish you as much as someone who did the exact same thing. Exactly. Or simply stating that, that oh, we've already punished three of those type of kids, so right. we got to back off and get three of the other ones before we go back to those. You do something wrong, you pay the price. That's how it's going to happen when you get out of school, Period. That's that's great education for all you morons that are still in high school. Less homework. That was one of them? Yes, that was one of them. It uh. says, what what two challenges must our alma mater address? And, and these are the ones they came up with. Less homework. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's like, what, what are you going to do? I'd say to that moron who is one of the 45 students, I'd go, you idiot. 
What You want less homework? Then what are you going to do with that time that you are going to be spending learning things that you need to know in life? What are you going to do with it? Oh, probably go out and shoot baskets or maybe go for a swim in the pool. You can do that after school, you ignorant piece of crap. Right now, you're going to have homework, you're going to have lots of it, and you're going to, you better darn well do good at it. Because if you don't, you're going to end up like some of your friends. Last one. I'll, all right. I My commentary on that is I would assume that there just is a lot less homework now than there was anyways. I mean, I recall going to school, learning, and never really having time to do homework at school. I don't even know if I ever had like a study hall or something. It was like you learned it, you got your assignment, you took it home, you spent two hours or three hours or one hour or whatever it took to get it done. And then you came in and learned some more the next day instead of teaching for five minutes and then having basically the rest of the hour to do homework. That, that's pitiful. Absolutely it is. Plus, you meant, you say that, and I happen to know that some of the schools in our system, and I don't know if it's all of them or not, they have an hour that you can spend in school to do your homework. Like as a class almost? Yeah, as a class. Ugh. Yeah. You, you go to study hall and, uh, and, and you spend an hour, you know, working on your homework. It's like that hour that you're spending doing that in school should be used teaching you something, which is why the system is failing. They're not teaching enough. Last one, and this is the biggest one. This is the biggest one that I was trying to get to the bottom of, and that is um, school start times. Should they start later so that you can get more sleep so that you can learn things quicker because you're more awake? That whole thing is part of it. So their theory is if you got an extra hour of sleep, you could spend one less hour at school and still earn the same amount. Do you think? It's, it's, I think it's just starting later. You know, say say what is it, quarter to eight or something? Yep. You know, it's and um, they would go to like nine o'clock in the morning, that and and they would. I'm assuming that they would still do their six hours of of teaching, right? But it would go till three instead of two or something like that. But the idea that some moronic fool came up with that said, hey, why, you know, these kids are failing. It doesn't have anything to do with us teaching, but they're failing. Why don't we let them sleep in a little more? Maybe if they get up a little later, uh, and maybe we should tell them too, maybe have their parents make them a good breakfast, you know, because a good breakfast gets you a good start of the day, and maybe they'll learn better when they come in, and they're a little more awake at the time. I'd say on to the second half of that, it's more likely that the government would say, send Johnny and Janie to school and we'll give them breakfast because we know what's best for them. And then we'll get them an extra 30 minutes. And during breakfast, we can have a movie about drag queen. <laughs> drag queen inclusions. <laughs> Uh, they do get free breakfast, by the way. Everyone well, does. Everyone. Everyone. Does. Everyone. Wow. Everyone does in our alma mater.
Wow. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but it's all free, so that's good. It's all free. Yeah. No, no, no. You pay for it, and I pay for it. But it's free to them. Yep. Exactly. So, in, in a nutshell, yes, our education system is disintegrating before our eyes with these moronic things of this person, this, I'd love to say her name, but I can't. Who, you know, I'm going to get 45 students, like you say, who are they? How'd you pick them? And we're going to talk about what they think the school system should do to make things better for the students. There's nothing you need to do to make them better for students. You need to have them come in. You need them sit down. You need them think and listen and learn. That's it. That's it. That's how it was for the first thousand years of education. And then when you do that, you get the less mental health problems. You get all of that stuff, but you've killed two birds with one stone instead of trying to address the problems when, <laughs> oh, it's just such backwards thinking. It's just unbelievable because you always have to ask to what end. If yes. the administration listens to this and changes, how does that make them better citizens and smarter and, I mean, falling behind China and Korea and who knows what else in so many academic areas, how does that change anything? Yeah. It, well, it changes it for the worse is what it does. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely pathetic that they even allow this stuff to happen. This person had to go to somebody and say, hey, I want to do this. And then that administrator said, sure, go ahead. Yeah, go get these 45 students and, and, and ask them these, these pertinent questions and give these absolutely ridiculous answers to this stuff. And then when they see them printed out and I'm the administrator that said, yeah, go ahead and do that. I'm going, well, you know, what the, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Here's something, uh, as I said, from the school system where Mo currently resides. And I don't know how long this has been going on. Now that I hear about it, it may explain a few things which you would think, wow, those are good things. But when you hear about it, you may think differently. So <laughs> what I heard from someone, I guess someone who works there told, actually told Moses this, and Moses passed it along to me. And I, like I said, I don't know how long this has been the policy, but for any, any given test, every test that a student takes, that student can decide to take the test over again and then the higher score is kept, the lower score is completely thrown out. And because of that, of course, your grade point goes up, you get more kids into college, et cetera, et cetera. Did she say how long in between taking the tests? I think it could be uh, yeah. any any period of time. I think if you you know, if you were an A student and let's say you got an eighty nine, which is let's say, you know, 90 to 100 is an A and you've got an 89, you could just say, I'm going to retake that test tomorrow. And then if you get a higher score, you get that score and the lower score is just totally wiped out. Seems like a good deal. <laughs> I wish when I was going to high school, I'd be an all B student. Man, do you ever remember either having to or asking to 
or being told to retake a test or was it here's what you got now move on it, it never never did i hear that spoken to me or anybody else around me in high school nor did i hear anybody say that they were able to take a test over again for any reason other than you know if you needed to do it you were stupid right and you knew it you knew it you failed it or you you did a c and you didn't study enough and that's what you got and you go that's what i got so i move on yeah that's it as someone i can't remember the example that someone gave but under that under that sort of psychology or under that way of thinking or train of thought a student becomes a doctor has a patient the patient dies and the doctor's like well let me have a do over on that guy <laughs> uh, yeah that's a good analogy you know it's like you failed you know um let's try it again only with a doctor it's the next person coming in the door and they're not aware of the fact yeah. that you're an ignorant moron because you went to our alma mater and you got all this crap going for you and you didn't learn anything i want to get your comments on this statement i think this was dennis prager said this he said the biggest difference between a religious and a secular education whether it's you know christian judeo any private school, basically, private religious school versus a public secular school. So for religious schools, being taught that the biggest problem is you and a secular secular school being taught that the biggest problem is everyone but you. <laughs> uh, this um, strategic planning just... State, that's what that means right there. Yep, is, exactly. Is, it's everybody else's problem but yours. You know? And as, as he as he pointed out, think how disempowering that is because if if the problem is everyone else, there's nothing you can do about it except be a victim. Bingo. Well put. Very well put. Exactly. You, you, you have to improve within yourself to advance in life. And if you, if you can't do the basics, you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic somewhat well, then you, you have problems and you need to work on it. You shouldn't be coddled and said, you're, you're okay. You still get a trophy. You know, you got an F, but hey, you're a good person. You suck! Do you recall ever... If you are free not to answer this, I'm sure everyone has gotten an F on a test, but did you ever flunk a class? No, never flunked one. And I don't think I even came close to flunking one, actually. But um, no, no, All I right. didn't. I didn't think so, but no. And I, I we we've been talking about the education system and, of course, this is our alma mater. Uh, and I, I was just thinking back about things that went on in my high school career. I do remember one time that in biology, we had a, we had a frog dissection test where you had to, you know, go you talk about all the intestines right. and all that crap and stuff. Yep. I actually remember going home 
and studying for that, specifically for that. Huh. And I got an A on wow. that thing. Yeah. And I, I thought, you know, and I was, the only reason I remember that was because I think there were only three people in the class that got an A. And <laughs> it's amazing. not that I was a, a, a great student. It's just that I I studied for that. And that was a that was a, an epiph- epiphany to me. That, yep. You know, if you study, you get good grades. Simple as that. It Did really I study is. all the time? No. <laughs> but, yep. but I got by. So It's funny. I, I interviewed someone uh, a couple weeks ago for a project at work, and she said that exact thing. And it sounds so simple, but as she said, growing up, people say, work hard, study hard, and it'll pay off. And so many kids now say, well, that's not really true. And she goes, you may not get everything you want, but you're going to get a lot more when you study hard and buckle down than when you don't. And it's like such infantile advice, but it's just a hundred percent true. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. And even sometimes when I say it, I, I, I feel like I'm preaching or whatever, but, um, but it's 100% true. You can't deny it. You know, you get, you study, you learn, and then you do well on your tests. Well, that'll be interesting to see what, uh, I'm sure you'll keep us up to date on if they take that into advisement, if they put something into practice, if they throw it all out, you know that they can't because then the students would get upset and have some sort of a walkout or something like that. So, Yeah, they put all this all this time and effort into these great things that they wanted, you know, to be included into their uh, strategic planning of yeah. things, you know, such as the powder puff boys volleyball yeah i i I, the person that would say there was one of those 45 students or maybe a couple that said that in this conversation and i would i would look right at the person that's talking and i'd have a dead blank look on my face when they were done i would say where's the camera and they go what are you talking about (laughs) and i go well well i've got to be punked to hear that kind of stuff, that kind of ignorant, moronic sewage coming out of your mouth. <laughs> so where's the camera? I'm not going to give you an expression because that, that would mean that you won. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. the And I was just thinking about the, the double-edged sword of all this inclusion is that when people get included, not based on merit, just based on whatever – they're assuming because they are included that they're going to be heard and that their ideas are going to be acted on. And then if they're not, then they feel excluded. Whereas if they said, well, I'm not really qualified. I want the experts. I want the grownups. I want the whoever to do it. Then hopefully what they come up with is better. And then there's no feeling like, well, I wasn't included in that decision, so I'm not going to do it. It's like, you're in the army now. Here's what you're going to do. Now go do it. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why they should never, ever, ever, ever have students putting their input into things that they have no business putting their input into. Yeah. Uh, any of this stuff. You know, they haven't, these type of questions, you know, what what is outstanding about your education? Uh they don't have an answer because they haven't done it yet. 
You know, it's like asking me, uh, wh what should we put on the outside of a space shuttle when we shoot it into the sky? Oh, well, I don't know. How about some some of that crazy foam or, you know, <laughs> silly string? Let's put some silly string on it. You know, I don't have a clue because because I haven't gotten to the point now where I can advise people on what to do there. These students have not gotten to that point yet. They're still ignorant of life. That's it, pure and simple. I was just thinking you could probably see a scenario where they would take recent graduates and get them together for a forum or for a informal group and say, tell us about your high school experience and then draw from that maybe what could be done. But asking them what should be done is just not wise. No, that is exactly correct. And I would go so far as to, and I, that's a good idea because you take maybe students that have, that are like sophomores in college, say, come back. You know, we want you to come back, and, and I'm going to ask you questions about your, your high school career and things. Right. How did you feel about having three principals go through your three years of junior high school? What did that do to you? Was there anything that, that was a negative effect on you like it was everybody else that was the, the, the teachers that had to deal with a new principal every freaking year that you were in junior high? That, that's that's uh, nothing but horrific. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's really hard to fathom because, like you said, it was – the turnover back in the day was virtually nothing, especially on the higher posts like that, because what does that say to the students, let alone the teachers and everybody else? Uh, I think what it says is they all get an F because I do believe that they had parents, as I said, and students on, you know, interviewing people that came in. Oh, that's right. I remember that from a long time ago. You brought that up. Right, exactly. And and that is 100% true that they do that. Me, like I said in that podcast, if, if I was a principal coming into my alma mater and and I had students and parents, I'd go, I'd walk in and I'd, I'd go, what the, is this, what are they doing here? Well, they're going to ask you questions. And I'm not going to answer questions to to parents and kids, they know nothing about education, and I'm not. I'm their superior. They aren't my hirer, or whatever you want to call it. The people that hire yeah. you, you know. And then I'd, I'd leave, which I think one or two of them did do. I knew somebody that was on these committees, the panel that were hiring people, and that person left after they started bringing students in to ask questions. All backwards. 100%. 100%. Wow. It's just a joke. It's, it's really sad that people come up with ideas like that for education. Education is very simple in the, in the way that it's, it's very basic in its teachings, and that's all you have to do. You don't have to go into the mental minds and diversity and all of that other crap. It has nothing to do with education. Zero. Just educate. That's it. And get, get good teachers. 
Don't hire somebody like our alma mater did that they hired over two other people that were qualified. And this person, I'm, I'm going to say it, was, I'm going to say as a black American and th- didn't even have a college education. And they hired him. Wow. Over the two legitimate people that should have gotten the job. Uh, mic drop. Yep. Bingo. Wow. Huh. The education hour. Let's end <laughs> it maybe on a on a, a little lighter note. So I I heard a story. We all heard about, I forgot. It's not the current Pope, obviously. It's the one that retired or whatever happens to a Pope after he be he leaves. But so the Pope's funeral, and they always say this, it's not just about Pope's, but the reporter said, oh, it's just the kind of funeral he would have wanted. So G-Man, tell me what kind of funeral he wouldn't have wanted. <laughs> oh, I, I, I had two really, just as soon as you said that, I had two really awful things that I'm not going to say oh, on this on. microphone. But uh, um yeah, you're right. It's it's ridiculous for people to say something like that. You know, it's uh, I, I probably if I was interviewing the person, this is just the person or the funeral that the Pope wanted. I, oh, really? Is that what did you talk to him about when he dies? That what he wanted done? That's interesting. And this is exactly what he wanted. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad he was able to talk to you before he died, so that when he did die, they would do the right thing for him. What is the wrong type of funeral? I don't know. What do, are Catholics against uh, being cremated or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know it's, it's, a, it's something tri- like that. Maybe maybe have a uh, rabbi. Uh, yeah, you know, do, you know be, do the do yep. the you know ashes to ashes, dust to dust thing. Maybe something like that. I don't know. You know, wow. be be inclusive. Have diversity. Come yep. on, you Catholics. This is a. Uh, Semi-sport, well, I guess it is a sports question. Baseball has managers, but every other major professional league has coaches. Why do you think they, they differentiate those? That is the $10 million question, which is what coaches get paid in the NFL. <laughs> I, have, I, I have no idea. Um, I would have to say that you would need to manage any professional athlete. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think that they should all be called managers because that's what they do. They yep. manage. There's there's not any coaching in pro levels. No, not the day of the not the day of the game. Yeah, you're not coaching them how to, you know, snap the ball or plant your feet or Whatever. No, it, it, we, I follow um, our state, one of our state colleges, basketball games. And when a kid goes to the sideline to the coach and the coach puts his arm around him and they're talking, the, the announcer is saying, eh, there's a coaching moment for that. No, it's not you ignorant, stupid moron. What he's doing is he's saying you screwed up. Do it this way next time. And, and go forward from there. He knew what to do. He didn't need to be coached. He just yeah. screwed up. I always thought that was interesting because obviously you, you've got coaches, you know, a batting coach, a pitching coach, third base coach, and you're coaching them what to do. But the manager is 
getting people in and out of the game, which is exactly what I guess a head coach does on the football. I mean, because they have offensive and defensive coordinators. I guess some head coaches would call plays, but they don't send personnel in and out. I don't really know how that all happens. I know it's a lot more in and out than it used to be. I would imagine that in the NFL in the 70s, I don't know if the rosters were any bigger or smaller, but players were not running in and out every play like they do now. And maybe they were conditioned better back in the 70s than they are now. Maybe they're being more cautious because they're in the 70s, they made 70,000 and nowadays they make 10 million a year and they don't want them to get hurt or whatever. But uh, I also noticed, and you say that with, uh, with more players, I definitely, we were just saying the other day when, when the, behind the bench with all the coaches for a college basketball team, there were seven coaches behind wow. the coach that was on there. I'm thinking, what, what in the name of God do you need seven different coaches? There's only like 14 players on the team. Yeah. What do you need? A coach for every two players? A manager for every two players? You know, whatever. Gosh. It's like, come on. Yeah. All right. Well, first podcast of, uh, I almost said 1923 again. <laughs> first podcast of 2023 rolling to a close. Any, uh, do you, are you a New Year's resolution guy or not? Never have been. Never. Have Never? Been. Never. Never. Okay. Not once. No. I, well, actually, I, I, a couple of times I've said I'm going to do more of something. Yeah. You know, but, but it's usually something that's harmful to me. So uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be a resolution, I don't think. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, all of you listeners out there, please make your resolutions to come back and listen and then like and subscribe and share the right angle. That was easy. <laughs>